My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, and greeting Shack House friends from beautiful Southport. This is a special Sunday evening Open Championship wrap-up edition, and what a tournament it was. We're going to get into Jordan Spieth. We're going to get into Matt Kuchar's unbelievable play, Brendan Grace's historic round. But first, before we do that, let's get things started with a word from our good friends at Callaway Golf, makers of the number one fairway woods in golf, and they are red hot with the red hot fairway wood from Callaway. It's a supercharged version of a name you are very well familiar with, the beloved steelhead they are introducing the new steelhead xr fairway wood with a recontoured hawkeye sole we all know about the hawkeye it's a callaway trademark and the explosive face cup technology steelhead xr is longer and more versatile than ever and it is now in your favorite golf shop so go hit it people try that steelhead xr from callaway and you will love it callaway the number one fairway wood in golf let's go to the shack house part of the ringer podcast network House, it was a thrilling, thrilling final round open championship. I am here in rainy Southport. Uh, It picked up a little bit after the championship. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a blast out there here. I'm dying to hear what it uh, how it played on television. Yeah, so I will not complain about the fact that the rain is starting now, Shaq. I mean, we we blew right through all of the high-scoring prognostication. The low round was was 62. We had, we had a record-setting low round. I'm not, I, I'm, not bi- I'm not bitching about it because the outcome was wonderful. It was a it really wonderful, was. wonderful tournament. I could not have enjoyed it more although uh we didn't get enough we got a little taste of kind of the bloodbath which i i especially enjoy with the open championship we got that taste on friday uh and that's kind of 
all we got of it. But look, check. I I'm exhausted right now. The emotional <laughs> roller coaster of watching that tournament. And I, now look, I saw you out there on the hill on 13 on the hill eyeballs on Jordan Spieth's ball. <laughs> so if I'm tired, tell the people are how how are you feeling, Shaq? I'm tired, but I what I can't get over is Jordan Spieth ran up and down that dune, I think three or four times. I've now lost track, and he runs up the dune, which is nuts. It was raining a little bit. It was wet. It was slippery. Michael Greller, of course, got the bag, and he's you know tiptoeing up the thing. Jordan just sprints up it. I was exhausted watching him do it, but it was, it was the craziest scene I think I've really ever witnessed in person. Uh, starting right at the tee shot on 13, you know, it just was not a good vibe out there. He hit a nice shot on 12, which is a beautiful par three. I hope it came off well on television. And then 13, he just ballooned it right. And and they had us, the, the press, stand back on a dune that, that'll probably be a tee the next time they, they come here. Um, you know, the hole's 499, uh, and it was into the wind and and brutal. Just a beautiful hole, though, when you stand on the tee. And, and we saw, and I said, that's on the top of the dune. And then you saw this guy just go down <laughs> and I went oh. gee I wonder if he yeah he got hit in the head of course it turns out so I did not know this Spieth mentioned it in his post-round press conference he yeah. it was a direct hit so yeah so I walked down the right side with a bunch of people and um and sure enough you know there it was down down the hill but but I I first went up the side and Spieth started looking for it and everybody was trying to convince him it was over on the other side of the dune for whatever reason off the tee I just don't think he he saw that or believed it. It was it was kind of peculiar. I guess you know it is easy to lose sight of the ball out here for sure. There's no question that it's it's uh, you know gray skies and all that. So it, yeah, and then I, from there it was just surreal. Well, he expressed um, some incredulity at the idea that it had hit somebody in the head and bounced to the backside of of the uh, of the dune. Here's the thing, uh, and I don't know if uh, you you obviously will not have had a chance to have caught this. Uh, Golf Channel um, very quickly after the tournament was over had Todd Harris out on Lewis. the driving yeah, range. Lewis. Lewis, I'm sorry. Okay. Pa- pardon me, Todd. T- Todd Lewis with an RNA <laughs> uh, rules official. Uh, and they had a yellow tee down at, at the actual divot that um, that Jordan took. But they went through a very um, deliberate and, and very well-conceived walkthrough of the rules options and why the uh, trucks were in play and the choices right. that Jordan made. And the thing that, that at the end of it, um, so everything made sense. And, and uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, the yeah. guys in the booth properly gave Jordan credit for having his wits about him and for understanding the rules well enough to sort of map it all out. He had obviously had great assistance from the rules officials there on the ground but the thing that i didn't really uh understand until the guys golf channel were talking through brandel uh and rich Lerner a little bit uh and frank the t- amount of time it took to get to where he could actually play a shot and what that meant for kuchar uh, yeah. And it took it, it. It took easily twenty minutes. I think it took more than twenty minutes. And I'm sitting here watching this. It, it might have. It could have taken thirty minutes. And that's a long time to ask your playing competitor with the tournament on on the line to sit and 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 watch. And there's. It's just one of the things of of, of tournament golf, apparently. Yeah, it was no, no. I've never seen one take this long. It was an eternity. And and he apologized to Kucher both when he got up to the green before he hit his chip and then as they walked off the green and I uh I, I didn't I didn't actually hear or see those parts of the of the whole thing 
Um, but it, it was, it was, uh, I, I, so one mistake I made down there was I did not look at my uh, watch cause I just wouldn't have thought that when he, when he finally got down to the ball uh, and it was, it, it, the people around was it clearly were clearly unplayable. Was it clearly unplayable? Uh, no, no, it was huh. just a horrible lie. And, and the steepness of the dune made it such that, I mean, he could have taken a swipe at it, but he could, he would, he might've hurt himself. He might've slipped. Uh, and he might not have gotten it back to the fairway, but here's where where he's just on another level, House. And and he joked about it a little bit in the post round press conference that he's had you know he's had enough experience with unplayable lies and and moon ball drives that he knows. But he was never thinking about trying to hit that recovery shot. I'm standing there looking at it, going, "Well, this will this will be fun to watch." He immediately, from the moment he saw where it was, started looking back towards the range, towards the tour vans. It was in his mind all along to use the rules to his advantage. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was going to go as far back uh, as he wanted, and and uh, and that would take him right into the middle of these tour vans, tour trucks, which are were still there, and because uh, they couldn't get out, so they had to stay there for the week. And and then he knew he'd get a drop from there, and it, it just took a long time to kind of figure out the alignment and all that. And and it was brutal for Kuchar. Uh, in the you know he had a great second shot, but he had a lot of time, and and and. Spieth did not. Let me tell you, he did not drag this out on purpose. There was it was chaos. The officials were, you know, John Paramore, the European Tour, kind of had to come in. The roving official, the, the the walking referees. It was just, it was too much to try and figure out because you had this big dune in the way, <laughs> and so well, you couldn't I, figure out the line uh, where the flag was, uh, and, and you had people, to keep the flag and all that moved. stuff. They had to move the people, the, yeah. the spectators, right? Yeah, he first had to move the people to see if he could take a drop at the base of the dune. And then realized that wasn't possible, and so he he uh, then that led to this. I mean, it was this surreal little scene. I just I just wrote a long piece for for Golf Week. If uh, anybody wants to read it on GolfWeek.com, kind of my eyewitness account. But the hilarious thing was on the range. He's he's moving back and forth trying to find the spot uh, to to first to take the unplayable drop. And and the photographers were kind of like a little swarm of blackbirds behind him, just kind of moving with him. And then and then he finally finds the spot. He takes the ceremonial drop. And then from there, the official could declare that uh, he had a temporary movable obstruction in his in his way. He moved over to the spot, and uh, the question I wanted to ask in the press conference, and I couldn't because they they cut it short, and we had to have somebody from Australia ask if you know the Australian Open helped him win. You know that was that was really helpful to everybody's story. <laughs> um, and he, uh, uh, I wanted to ask, do you you know do you think they should put a plaque out there because they have an Arnold Palmer plaque? You know, should should this join the Burkdale history? And I think they should. It is in the middle of the range, so the only people who are really enjoy it or the, the guys in the range picker but um it was it was it was surreal to see him do all this and then in hindsight realize he did this with with full clarity he used the rules to his advantage there was nothing nefarious about it it was exactly what the rules allowed for and i am just so impressed beyond words at his ability to spot what what was a and he you know he it wasn't like he was playing well and okay now I got to deal with this he was trending horribly it was it was just not feeling good at all and I don't know what what you know I don't know what Johnny was saying on the broadcast but I'm sure he was talking about the pressure and the demons and the things that were had to be going through Spieth's mind and so 
to, to have that that uh, mental clarity is uh, it's one of the things that makes golf so special that even though we can slow it down and seemingly think things through the thing you I always am amazed by when I get to I have the privilege of getting to be out there and get inside the ropes in the final round of a major is how quickly everything goes it just it just flies and and when 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 something crazy like that's happening for a guy who's turns 24 in a week uh to to and now i know he's been playing a long time and he's been a great junior golfer and all that but to be able to slow it down and know exactly what he's doing and then to run up and down the hills you know bob harry gassed afterwards yeah, what did he do to kind of reset himself because it was just chaotic and then he makes the great up and down and then the cool thing walking off the greenhouse he 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 he's walking off the green and and he, as he turned to greller uh the caddy Michael Greller, he he hands him the putter, sticks the putter out, and he just briefly flashed this uh, mischievous little grin. Uh, and you had to be, just happened to be looking. And then, I mean, he did not want to be enjoying this moment too much. Uh, but well, it look. just, you knew at that moment, he knew he had just pulled off. I wrote, I wrote, I I think it's the greatest bogey in, in, uh, the, in modern major history. I, I'm sure there's some great ones. But so this one's a, pretty a, outstanding. A few quick observations in response to some of the things that you raised. First, Johnny. Johnny was pretty insistent that he thought that Jordan was making the wrong call by taking the drop off the range. He thought oh, that, that Jordan should have gone back to the tee and re-teed. Now, hmm. I, I, hmm. that seems crazy to me because Jordan in the press conference said the way that 13 sets you up, you can't aim for the fairway. You have to aim up the right side and have the ball land uh not on the fairway because that, that it brings the bunker in play, but you have to land it in the rough and then let it let it come down off of it. And having mm. just blasted one onto the moon, I'm not yeah. so sure that rushing right back up to the tee to try again no. <laughs> would have been the right the right job. The no. other thing, no. other observation, and this is a little bit of the incredible. Um, you know, sort of, of good karma that Spieth had going for him. How many places have you played where the driving range is not out of bounds? I mean, it's yeah. incredible, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Especially since this week they made the tenth fairway out of bounds uh, when they when they realized that that players might take a shortcut there. The actual short grass of the tenth hole was out of bounds, but the, right, <laughs> yeah. So well, the, it, it, the, well, it the, is interesting, and it also it's, it's it's a very good point you make because at Hoy lake just up the road from here they do play this little internal range as a very distinctive out of bounds now it's marked by a wall and it's kind of a legendary hazard i don't care for it myself but it, it, it's done because the guys hit the ball too far and they would just shred the place um and they also put tents within that little that's the club's range but yeah you're right yeah so the, uh, the and, and speed by the way wasn't sure if it was out of bounds or not at the tee right, and then back down in the fairway yeah, he said that he asked, and the RNA official um, who, who appeared in this great piece with Todd Lewis explained, you know, the, at, at this club, the the members um, play the the ranges inbound, so it's inbounds for the for the professional tournament as well. Yeah, um, yeah well. and it just created this this terrific opportunity for Jordan to advance the ball all the way to the green, and you know, he when he struck the ball with his three iron, he showed a little bit of discouragement. Yeah. Um, it yeah, seemed yeah, like yeah. he uh, thought that he'd hit it into the bunker, um, but he'd hit it poorly enough, and another bit, bit of that good karma, it was 
short of the bunker and it left him a chip that was not all of that all that uh, difficult. Well, the other thing that it was ahead. a tricky little chip, and I, I again I want I would love to have asked in the press conference. I thought he mishit the chip. I thought he he landed it shorter of where he wanted to, but we won't know because we didn't get to ask. Uh, and someday we might. Um, and it's really a shame. I mean, we got rushed through Brandon Grace's press conference yesterday too. You know, he shoots sixty freaking two, and we're we you know we want to get these these are cool details for history. And so anyway, my my impression was oh I thought he kind of left the chip short, but you know it worked out beautifully. There were two ways to play the shot, but but from where I, we were standing when he hit the that three iron, it's like a, a driving iron kind of thing. He just added to his bag. We thought he'd hit it way right like he'd hit it back into even more dunes but he had been obviously it was funny too and I wrote about this in the piece uh, Greller you know, he was yelling at him uh, up there and he was reminding him you know give me the line but 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 don't stand there don't stay there because you know if he stood there and, and gave him a line it's a penalty and there were there were so many dynamics in the in the moment and then I put this in the piece there was one when, when he was kind of waiting for Greller to get back up of the hill, he was—he just was mumbling to himself, taking practice swings. Stay through it. Stay through it. Um, it, it was, but but again, I, I, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, uh, so many players would unravel at this moment, and he didn't. And that's why he's won three majors and uh, has won one more PGA win from being a Grand Slam uh, career Grand Slam winner. All day long. It felt like there were moments. There was probably five of them, and I'm not going to be able to rattle them off off my head without going back and looking at the broadcast again, but at least five different moments when Kuchar could have seized control of this golf tournament today, and he was unable to do Mm. so. Uh, He just could not get putts that were going to really change the trajectory of things. He couldn't get those putts to fall. So that should have been, at that moment for, for Cooch, uh, a a, a yeah. two-stroke yeah. advantage and yep. possibly three. If he'd made the birdie putt that burned the edge and Jordan had not nailed his putt, that would have been a three-stroke thing. And we might be talking about Matt Kuchar, Open Championship, but uh, I mean, um, you know, champion golfer of the year. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, the same was true of some of those bogeys that Jordan made on the front. Uh, Cooch had birdie opportunities and it was burning edges and or, or just coming right up and just could not seize control of things. But I, I want to uh, uh, just make a quick observation. And this is we talked about this last year. Jeff Shackelford is, friends, the Forrest Gump of the golf world. It is now the case that not only was Shaq present (laughs) behind 17 green when Henrik Stenson took off his shirt last year at the Open Championship, not only was Shaq present uh, on 17 green, took a picture of Brandon Grace's ball on 17 green the green the the, the uh, hole in which the 62 was was made possible but Shaq you're right there looking at Jordan Smith's ball on 13 I mean these are historic open championship <laughs> moments maybe you're just the Forrest Gump of the open championship I don't well, know I'm glad I, I'm glad you didn't call me Zelig uh, that, that probably would date us if they you know what the old old Woody Allen movie but um right well I mean 13 it was just I just darted over there because I wanted to see this was I knew it was going to be wild um, and obviously Brandon Grace when he got going and we'll discuss his uh, history making round in a minute uh, I had to go out there and you want to see it because it was just trending we knew all morning that it was going to be possible and uh, and sure enough it happened um, but the um, uh, the the whole scene uh, on, on 13 was just so much fun to to kind of take in um, just, uh, just the way the crowds are here. You know, that's another thing I got to say. And Spieth uh, manages the crowds so well, 
and and loves the crowds here. He, he noted that in his press conference, and he feeds off them in a way that's different. And today was the first day where I sense he started to get a little whinier and pressing a little bit more, and obviously the pressure was there. But all week he was pretty – there was just a little bit more of a calmness. We talked about it on the Thursday show. And I think a lot of that he really does feed off these people and how much they know golf – and like he had no problem shushing him a little when he was down there, but he didn't do it rudely. Um, he just he he clearly has a comfort level here, and part of it's just his. Uh, it's really cool. So here's a cool moment he told us about in the press conference. Which you'll probably see in the clips, but he, you know he's he. What I love, of course, you know I love any player that, that appreciates the history of the game, and he takes in everything house, and so he watches yearly telecasts as much as he can and then he watches these these you know they have these running highlight reels on the internal feed and then you know obviously on the telecast and and he 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 says he has no idea where it came from but obviously it came from this the uh yeah. so 15 he makes the eagle putt and he just points at griller to go and then he goes just kind of walking away he doesn't go to pick the ball out of the hole and he said afterwards that was a total retro move from seeing the old the old footages because if you watch old footage you see the old championships guys would do that all the time that they'd make a big putt and the caddy would go run to pick up the ball and and we all thought well he must have greller must have given him the read and he goes no nah, it was just the reaction to the moment he just and greller didn't know what he meant and and it was just a cool moment but it was one of those things inspired by his sort of his week of just soaking it all up and soaking up the open and, and so we always love it when, and these people over here really love it, as you can imagine, when somebody I wins who, who loves the golf course, the Open, knows some history. And so that's why they've, they, they, they love, uh, you know, they've had a great group of Americans really who have, uh, and they really take them under, under their wing and, and, and try to do everything they can to, uh, to, to love these guys who, who win here. So anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on about that, but uh uh, it was it was magnificent, but uh, it, it, we should talk a little bit about Kucher because it's I, this is almost like Mickelson last year. You you feel bad that he lost. You know he's three clear of, uh, of of third place, and I mean I watched him probably more than any player this week, and he got the worst draw. That brutal weather on Friday, he got the wind, and Spieth just got the rain and, and some wind, but Kucher got. Just the worst wind, and so did Zach Johnson a little bit before him. And he managed, of course, so well. And he had such an interesting game plan. It was so clear. I'd love to ask. I'll ask his caddy, John Wood, at some point. It just seemed like his goal was to, if he ever missed a green, it was always going to be short. He, he always underclubbed if he was on the fence. And he left himself in front of a lot of greens and made all these beautiful up and downs. I never miss, saw him miss a short putt. Uh, just, I mean, he just kept it going and going. And then, you know, 16 today was a little uninspired. And I feel so bad for him. He, he and, and the people love him here as well. He, he loves it here. He loves Lynx golf. He plays his own game. He doesn't try to fight the wind. He, he just throws the ball up there and lets it move. And, and uh, so impressed with him. Of course. I, and you know that I think well of him. I, I not only oh. did I oh, project him yes. as, as a potential winner, I, I put my own money where my mouth was. Uh. I gave him out as a potential winner. I He, he performed, uh, in all honesty, the way I kind of anticipated him this week. I mean, he fit exactly when we were talking this, this tournament through on Monday, the narrative that we'd kind of constructed about the combination of pedigree and experience and the form that he was showing, all of those elements were in play in terms of his game plan, his calm, 
his self-containment, his approach uh, through the balance of the tournament. I just wished today that that one no. of those putts had gone in. That's yeah. all. Just just and you nailed he, it. You nailed it. You're absolutely right. Been yeah. him grabbing the 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 you know control of the thing. Yeah, and that's sort of been the the kind of the story of his career that 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 for whatever reason, and maybe it'll just happen in spectacular fashion one week, but for whatever reason, uh, his his that consistency is his strength. But then in in a way that inability to to do what Spieth did on on fourteen and fifteen uh, is is the one thing he lacks in in, in his arsenal. But I, I just I just can't tell you how impressed I was with how consistently he struck the ball. And putted the ball, and and I, uh, it was really inspiring watching him play and how well he handles himself. He he's just, uh, uh, it's a he's just a, a class act and and uh, uh, really cool. So we uh, we have more to get to, but let's why don't we take a quick break. As you know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better and simpler way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek, the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. They have a seamless mobile experience. You can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. That was more than two. Sorry. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at best prices, fully guaranteed. They save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and to help you get the most bang for your buck. I had a great time with this a couple of weeks ago at the Nationals Park here in Washington, a uh, baseball game with my kid. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value, so you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I needed good reasonably priced seats under the overhang because it was too hot out in the sun. We got those with the SeatGeek app. It doesn't end with sports, though. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert comedy and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, our listeners, Shaq House listeners, get a $20 rebate off their very first SeatGeek purchase. To get that rebate, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code and enter promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you $20, 20 free dollars after you've made your first ticket purchase download the app and enter promo code house today make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things pga golf and beyond and house we can't forget about our good friends at odyssey besides being the number one putter in golf uh continues to dominate with most worldwide putter wins of any putter brand this year and the new odyssey uh o-works red and the o-works black putters are uh, brand new, spanking new. Everybody's excited about them. Uh, they've gotten great feedback from the Odyssey staff pros. The O-Works Red and the Black Putters offer new head shapes, uh, new finishes, coupled with the uh, top spin generating micro hinge insert uh, that helps all golfers make more putts, but especially House, but especially Brandon Grace, uh, who posted the first ever 62 in a men's major on Saturday. And it was... Uh, uh, a spectacular round, and I'm really happy in a weird way because we were starting to think it was going to be a bloodbath, and and that Brandon Grace uh, and his uh, his uh, he, he uses the Odyssey uh, Works Jailbird Mini Putter, by the way, House. Uh, and he, I have to he, look that one up. Yeah, yeah, me too. He's also, of course, an epic uh, Sub Zero uh, guy, and the Apex uh, Utility Woods and the uh, Callaway X forged. Yeah. Uh, uh, irons and all that good stuff. But the Odyssey putter for him was incredible. And so what's really cool, though, I think, well, both days on the weekend, 
the, the, the morning guys scored really well in the afternoon, not so much. And so, of course, there was Grace was phenomenal after the round, and and he was he was he really wanted to talk more with us. And but the thing that was cool, I feel, at the end of the day, the scoring average was sixty nine and and change, and he shot sixty two. So he was seven shots better than the field. And and you know some of the great rounds, uh, the sixty threes that are that are noticed noted like Justin Thomas's most recently, the he was nine shots better than the average. So. It was looking, though, like the 62 was, eh, you know, of course, it was there for the taking. The course is immaculate. The weather was perfect. Uh, there'd been a little rain. And I think by the end of the day, it became clear that this was a, a truly special round of golf. So congratulations to, to Brandon Grace and, and uh, uh, a very special element to our, our Saturday coverage here. So, Shaq, I'm glad that you pointed out, you know, the, the difference between uh, Grace and the rest of the field. That's a seven shot difference. Um, cause you know, there's a rush whenever something historical happens. And especially with the magical 62, 63 score to try and, and properly, uh, recognize its place in, in history. Yeah. Um, he grace did, uh, create some separation between his score and, and the particular achievement that it deserves, by way of that seven shot difference, it was not a big as big a difference as Justin Thomas's nine shot discrepancy or the sixty three he shot on the par seventy two uh, at, yeah, um, right. uh, at at Aaron Hills, and right. you know in relation to the field, Justin Thomas's um, was was uh, sort of statistically better also, but you can't take away anything from from the number, and we had Johnny on the call for it. Did you get a chance to hear afterwards um, Johnny's reaction at all? I did. I did. And and uh, obviously then I saw the fallout. The, the Johnny brings it out in people. Um, and I, I somewhat uh, disagree with his assessment only because we later um, ha- had a good chat with uh, Fooch Justin Rose's caddy and a couple other people got this feedback from the players. So, so that the pins did look easy. There were a lot of holes that were cut in spots that you, you looked at and you went, well, they're really, and, and they moved up some holes. So they were trying to make the fifth drivable. Um, and so there were, well, it that was drivable. Was, Ricky oh, oh, yeah, Fowler was, almost hit all in one. Yeah, it was drivable for sure. There were four eagles, and it was. I loved it. I thought it was great. I was amazed how many guys took the 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 bait because it's it's a hard shot to pull off. Even though I'm sure people saw that yardage and didn't think much of it. But anyway, but to your point about Johnny, so I get why he reacted the way he did um, because from afar it did kind of look that way. But that what Fooch told us and a few other people kind of gave the feedback was these pin the pins on Saturday were on some spots. And so there was a lot of respect for what Brandon Grace did and some of the other great scores in the morning. Because And if you watch closely, you know, one of the things else I've learned, the PGA Tour guys, when they set up a, a course, you'll watch they, they work very hard to not have the ball snap at the hole. And there were a couple putts, and I'm trying to think, I'm drawing a blank now, Spieth had one. Uh, that just snapped at the hole, and he, he was kind of shocked at it. And I'm, I'm, I'll think of it in a minute. It's been a long day, but so, so the point is though that that it was a sneaky, tough setup on Saturday. It was, you know, the course was totally gettable. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry, Johnny's right in that you, you can compare different scores, different 63s, and now a 62 with this group. You can compare them. Certain courses are are different, and. 
He took so much heat at Aaron Hills. <laughs> he just brings it out at people. It's I think it's great. It's what makes Johnny Johnny. And he doesn't care, by the way. He and he doesn't and not in a way that's like, screw you. It's just he just he just says what he sees and he he floats along and that's Johnny. That's what he does. That's why he's that's why he's a great uh lead analyst. Well you you just mentioned setup. Uh and I did see some conspiracy theories out well, there. Oh, that yeah. The, the RNA was, was deliberate. And one of the things, a statistic that I read uh, today about that round that, that Grace had. Now, now it was one curious thing that came out. He claims he did not know, standing on 18, that he that three-footer was, he was for 62. Yeah, nope. no clue. Yeah, you, no, so he, you, he, totally in the zone. Yeah. Totally in the zone. That's... All right. Well, look, but the thing that the stat that jumped out at me, he in particular, not known for being a, an enormous, uh, you know, long ball guy. He had nine iron or less into 10 of the greens yesterday. Yeah. Not wild. He had one three iron and one seven iron and the rest were were basically wedges. Um, and so that, that was with that, with you know, less roll. That's a setup thing, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's the guys hitting him. They, that's that was the case for most of the field. Uh, remember, there was no wind, so for for a change, they were they were dealing with conditions where they could. He hit. I'll tell you what's admirable. Uh, I don't have shoot. I don't have it. It's in my workstation. But he hit. Uh, Tim Rosenford asked me this morning, "What was it?" Uh, he hit a lot of drivers. <laughs> uh, okay, is the point. He hit his epic, yeah. and it was an aggressive round of golf because it's it's a golf course where you definitely. Do not need to hit driver in those still conditions on many holes at all. And he attacked it. And I think that's the other thing that when you, other players see that, and we printed it at Golf Week, and, and a few people tweeted it. The uh, guy here who used to edit Golf Week magazine, Dave Senior, got his caddy to go through the clubs and and the yardages and all that because because they rushed Grace out of the press room because you know he he had nowhere to go and anyway and he was being great too I, I he he could have sat there for an hour with us telling us about the round you, you know he just shot 62 in a major he knew he'd made history and of course you know they had to get him out of there and so we didn't get to go through the the, the clubs and the shots but it was an attacking round and good for him because I this is a hard golf course to his speed show today if you you blow on offline it's it's penal um well so, i do anyway, i do so, want but, to but, but but to your point on the conspiracy theory yes yeah um, this is what i want to touch on i mean one of the thoughts that i that i heard was the rna deliberately set it up this way as a means of of forcing a conversation that the the governing bodies in golf want to have with the club manufacturers and the ball manufacturers about the distance and that you know uh Taking the sort of historical these these crucial historical markers and having this generation of players blow through them is going to bring everybody to the table so that the courses aren't you know these great classic courses aren't rendered obsolete. That's one of the the theories I read out there. Yeah, what do, John what do you Huggin, think about that? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm I'm starting to get on board with that. Well, here's the deal. John Huggin wrote that. Um, we discussed that's it a right, lot. exactly. Um, yeah. Several of us uh, have kicked kicked it around. When we saw the scoring early on, and we were all sitting around at lunch, going, "There's going to be, there's going to be a good one today," uh, and the USGA now has had the Women's Open, the Senior Open, and the U.S. Open have incredible low scoring. <laughs> um, now, the RNA historically is not like the USGA; they don't care about, they don't try to produce a winning score, they don't try to um, uh, manufacture the field. In fact, several of the players noted 
how great they did this week, of course, erring on the side of caution with the setup on the windy days. And then Saturday, I'll tell you here, and this would be my my case with a lot of people who, who don't quite um, uh, believe it, but they, they map these setouts, setups in advance. So the fifth hole had been telegraphed to be drivable on Saturday. And to their credit, they didn't go, well, it's going to be calm, so let's make it tougher today. And they had made Saturday, I think, the day to be to have some real scoring in some spots. Um, but I do believe we've seen the signs this week. Martin Slumbers said it. Uh, they are seeing a big spike in distance this year. And I think that to the, the argument people have always made against people like myself who say, you know, the tour pros were losing the element of skill. The argument people said, well, look at the winning score. Well, the thing the, the things that have been done to get winning scores sometimes at tournaments uh, are just insane. You know, the, the, the rough height, the narrowness, the sticking cups on little spots. And so they've um, been caught a few times, I think, where people realized, oh, yeah, they, they were trying to prevent people from seeing how good these guys are, how good the equipment is how good the conditioning is, how good the track man dialing in, all these factors uh, are. And so we now have a situation where I think they've decided to not try and produce certain scores. And so we are now seeing the product of not manipulation the other way, trying to produce red numbers, but instead just letting them play as the modern equipment allows them to play and you will let the public decide <laughs> so so that so yes yeah, that, so basically that's, that's I, fine i mean yeah, that's what that's, i think that's, that's fine on. to me as a as a consumer of the game and i you know somebody that um enjoys watching the very best players play their very best this it's not a secret uh, with the Open Championship that all of the defense of these golf courses resides in the weather. And there just wasn't any weather. And this is the well, second straight year. Well, Friday. Fr- Friday fr- <laughs> sure, Friday. And I, I mean, uh, but, you know, n- none of the forecast, the Monday or Tuesday forecast really came to bear other than the water. It rained Wednesday, and that was predicted. And it rained Friday into Saturday, and that was predicted. But in terms of the winds, you know, the forecast Monday, Tuesday had winds and gusts and the, you know, the 20 mile an hour steady wind with gusts up to 50. And just none of that really came to bear other than for one stretch on Friday that caught one particular um, segment of, of the, the tea times. And those guys had, had the worst of it, but there were still under under par rounds on Friday, including uh, Jordan Spieth, including Rory McIlroy. Um, and, you know, th- those guys, that was a skill thing as much as, as you know, their ability to kind of navigate around out there. So I don't have any issue whatsoever with the basic approach of like, we, we plan to set the course up a certain way. We imagine that the weather might be a certain way and it didn't come to bear. The same was true at Aaron Hills, right, Jeff? I mean, we were expecting big wins at Aaron Hills. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the past, uh, they've taken these setups to the edge and they've been criticized. So they've decided to err on the other side. And then, Hey, if it leads to this low scoring, so be it because they'd rather not... I think they've learned their lesson, all these organizations, and the RNA included. They had an incident at the old course where they had the greens too fast again. They've learned that... The the public has changed, and the players have definitely changed, where they're more accepting that, okay, so what if 
George Spieth wins at 12 under at Birkdale, and we erred on that side. We we did not taint the championship by trying to interfere the other way, and that's what that's what so, I love about it. And that's because I, I wrote you know for years about these tainted championships where they jacked around with the setup and did things that were that were were really cynical and really designed to produce a score, not a great champion. Well, that observation is very complimentary with the observation that I want to make, which is there is no doubt that Jordan Spieth was the op- was the championship golfer of the year this year. Yeah, yeah, he went he out and, and, and kicked the field's ass. And that's the thing. I don't care what the score is. I want to make sure that the guy that played the best over the course of, of the four rounds Correct. wins the tournament. He played the best. He won. The same is true of Stenson last year. Those guys put on crazy scoring feats, especially in relation to the rest of the field, Phil and Stenson. But they they were the two best golfers all week long, and Stenson was a little bit better than Phil on on Sunday, so he won. So that, I, I can live with that. I don't care if they shoot four under or forty under. Uh, I just want to make sure for me that I want the champ, the, the best player uh, for that week to, to win the, the championship. And I think you can say that about each of the previous eight majors that we've had. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. So I'm very happy <laughs> about it on all fronts. Now, House, you mentioned you're a consumer. You have to tell me. I am. Um, now, I was on the golf course, but I did have at my seat here a monitor that we could flip between Sky and NBC Golf Channel. Uh, we got a little feedback after our Thursday pod, our pop-up, on some of the telecast stuff that we discussed. So thank you all for uh, listening. And, and as always, the feedback on the Twitter, but uh, give me your, your kind of your overall impressions of, of uh, how NBC did and, and, and what, you know, cause I see the usual, there's not enough tracer and there are too many commercials, which um, I'm not downplaying the importance of those observations, but just kind of your overall thoughts on, on how they presented it. I feel like I'm constantly coming on here after these majors and giving <laughs> oh. the the why well, I, I think I think I'm too generous. Uh, I, I, people on Twitter tell me I'm too generous a grader. I actually I, I again thought it was a pretty great broadcast. Now for my tastes, I would like a little less. Uh, I don't know what the word is formal. I, I know you know some of that. Um, you know the 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 cadence of the way that the the guy is in the booth when it's the Sunday round of of a major. You know, there's a sort of um, quiet respect that I understand and I agree with. It just as as a guy that's come to um, enjoy other ways that that these tournaments can be presented with sort of a looser feel where guys are telling stories that that um you know give you a little bit of inside the ropes kind of feel uh and especially like you know with with the things we got earlier with this tournament with bones um being there on the grounds and telling stories and so forth i i i could do a little bit less with the reverence yeah. on sunday and a little more with kind of the 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 color of it but look the broadcast was was great I, I agree with the idea that more more uh, shot tracer and less commercials. Um, that's just a, a, a good life rule. But to, to NBC's credit, the playthrough thing was pretty neat. They did a really good job of of you know running this the um, commercials on the right high, right hand side of the broadcast, and and you could watch the guys you know playing or walking uh, on the left hand side of the TV screen. But now, that's a nice let me innovation. Ask you this, though. I heard they went to one of those during the Spieth uh, incident on 13. Is that is that correct? 
I don't. I don't recall. Okay. I didn't, right. I didn't yeah, a few people complained about memory. that and, and missed. I mean, it was a long thing. It was. <laughs> I, again, I, I wish I'd written down the time, but um, yeah, I just wondered about that. I would agree. In the parts I saw, the one there was only one thing where it bothered me. Uh, they had done a, and I, I just you know, obviously, I have a big bias. I do work with the Golf Channel, and I think the world of the NBC team and, and the visuals. But I, I, the one spot where I sat there and went, oh, if I were at home, I'd be, I'd be annoyed. They did this. It was very cool looking and, and written and all this, but it was some anonymous actor in a locker room putting on a sweater and staring, and there was cool lights and music and lighting and the, the, the whole package. And it was sort of to set up this moment that the leaders are here. And then next thing you know, there's there's Spieth and Kucher on the, on the first tee. And I, I would have, of course, if I were the producer, I'd junk that. And I want to watch them walk from the range to the tee because they, 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 you know, they got all these cool shots. And it's this wacky little path they have to take to get there. And that, to me, is much more interesting, seeing the, the gladiators going into the arena than... Than those kind of than a prepackaged thing like that. So that was that might be kind of what you're getting at, I think. Yeah, and um, I don't. I that, have to be honest. I never sit around for those uh, prepackaged. Sure, you know, that's you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It's sort of, and that's the thing. It takes your eyes off the live moment, and and I think uh, more and more, what's really fun is seeing those guys go to the tee. That said. It's it's the open. It's you have to do some of the ferrety things and capture the flavor. I'd be disappointed if they didn't do the travel log stuff and and give you that sense of of what it's what it's like here and some of the the beauty shots in Southport and um, the links and and uh, and the people and no because that, it, that, yeah, that's that all I crucial get. yeah yeah absolutely you got to have um, that you're right about that but the tracer thing is is just a, is as our usual ongoing thing I got a, a bunch of people on Twitter wanting more of it and a little that's them and Sky I know they had an issue with it last year I know they had an issue with it working I I, I think here's the last thing I want to I want to conquer I want to make sure that we touch on this because Jordan has now really distinguished himself so let's let's take a crack even though it's sunday we're, we're barely two hours since his press conference uh going through here we got to get this podcast up for the people Shaq. let's <laughs> let's give a, a gut reaction to to sort of the historical prominence um i liked very much a, a column that meg schuster of the ringer ringer.com wrote uh does anyone want to dominate golf this mm. was her uh i think wednesday column yes and Jordan she, says. She, <laughs> That's right. Yes. How about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. He answered the call. And, you know, all we're going to see all the way through SportsCenter tonight and on Golf Channel and every, every uh, you know, sports outlet where this ranks, you know, how he compares to Jack Nicklaus and Tiger and, you know, the win on both the wins basis and the majors and now how close he is. And this is just wonderful to me. He, cre- he gave us a narrative for Quail Hollow. We yeah. have the PGA uh-huh. Championship in three weeks, and <laughs> the 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 interest in that, and and you know, look, this is this is uh, another sort of aspect of of the um, broadcast. You asked me, you know, what I thought about it. One of the things that I uh, am interested in seeing is how the ratings um, turn out, because I got the impression that a lot of people were watching golf uh, this morning and Good. kind of early afternoon. Nice. Um, yeah, Bill, Twitter Bill was, Simmons even. Uh, tweeted. I mean, he's even watching golf. I love it. Right, right. Well, and and so in that respect, getting the eyes on the game 
how how uh, just from from you know Wednesday, Meg writes this column. Here we are with Jordan. I uh, and you answer the question. Jordan Spieth wants to dominate golf, and how great that is for the next yeah. upcoming major and all the juicy storylines that come of it. But you know, give me your your thought on kind of in the first place, like the historical kind of presence and and where you think Jordan is and what the potential is, and then kind of this idea that that you know there's now a, a, a juicy narrative that maybe we didn't have a week ago. Yeah, well, when you have somebody who's doing things that, that get him mentioned with Woods and Nicholas uh, at, at this age, and it's 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 really amazing and wonderful and thrilling. And then you mentioned that that person is uh, well aware of all this. You know, it's not like, oh, dude, oh, that's great. You know, like, oh, I love Tiger. You know, he's not. He he knows all sorts of stuff about these people. He takes it all in. He wants it badly. And of course, as we know, the more you want it like that, the more you're aware of the history, the harder it is to do. And you just look at the contrast. You know, this morning uh, we, you know, we get here and we sit around a lot all day. And Karen Krause of the New York Times came up to me and, and said, what do you think about uh, comparing uh, Rory and uh, Spieth with sort of a Palmer and a Nicholas, you know, Palmer was the charisma and the power and the this and the that and the metic- and and then Nicholas is the more meticulous uh, tactician and 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 gave things uh, had a you know was just tougher mentally or whatever you know however you want to look at. It. I said, yeah, I think it's a fair analogy. Although obviously, I think Arnold Palmer's a, a, a you know much greater player than than Rory McIlroy appears he's going to be unless he he gets his act together and you just. Yeah, you come in. You, of course, it's great being your house because <laughs> the, uh, the the UK writers are such homers, you know. And although there was, I was disappointed. There was there were fewer groans this year. Uh, I think they've gotten used to some of Rory's ups and downs. But you do sense that people are can tell. There's just there's just he's got to get a little more speed in him in terms of his preparation, his, what he takes in information-wise, maybe his caddy relationship, well, you know, that kind of stuff. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, give me, let's, let's just tap, tap the brakes for one second. Oh. Yeah, well, well, tap the brakes for one second. We killed Speeth last year. You and I both. We killed him for what he did in between the 2015 season and the 2000, the beginning of the 2016 season yeah, because well. of the money grab, because of traveling the world and everything well. like that. So I'm not ready to get down on my knees and well. say that Jordan Spieth's preparation deserves, well. you know, uh, did he accolades or anything. Did he play the John Deere Classic this year? No. He was over here at Burkdale getting, uh, he was in Cabo relaxing, having a blast with uh, Michael Phelps and, my, uh, Michael Jordan, and then he came here and early and prepared. That that he he and it he heard it on the Shack House house. That's why he did that. <laughs> well, look, the, the same is true though of Rory. Now, the thing you and I both have been very critical yeah, of Rory him, and I think pro- can't properly pot like so. Jordan speed. Oh, sorry. Well, not just that, but you know, this is a season where he entered it hurt. And then has twice had setbacks due to injury, and he changed equipment in the middle of yeah, it, which yeah, makes yeah. people very, very cynical. And yeah. he just hasn't played played enough. But this is again another top ten in a major. And if you go back and look at his record in major.
majors. I think since like 2010, he has some crazy number of top tens. Uh, you know, he's he's always around the hoop, and you know, he 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 had a top ten at the Masters, a top ten here at the Open Championship. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open, so it's feast or famine with Rory. You saw how quickly I jumped all over him after that 32 back nine on Thursday. I I mean, I thought he really found something with the putting yeah. stroke. Yeah. Uh, it pe- and then he started off on Saturday, and I and and you know he he birdied two of the first four holes. I thought, look, he's this he's going to be on the leaderboard here. He's going to be top three, four on the leaderboard, and he just couldn't uh, sustain it. And no. I, I again just attribute that to the rust. But I like that Maybe. idea very much of, of Rory and Spieth. I think that's a nice foil. Well, it would just be yeah, and I think that it, what we see with McElroy's finish is that he's he's getting uh, he's getting there, and he likes being in the spotlight, and he got another flavor, a little taste of it, and a little motivation based on what Speed did. So he knows what he has to do. It's just a matter of will he will he put it all together? And he obviously has the talent, so it would it would be nice because people really would like to see see it because they they have contrasting styles and that's another big part of this is that Spieth is not a power player and uh, he's got a lot of dimensions to his game and and it's it's uh, we need the contrast it's more fun just like tennis is more fun when you get different styles clashing and so now it's up to the other well, guys I, to bring the the the, the heat and the uh, the love for the the preparation, the love for the study. I mean, when you really parse those transcripts of things Beath starts talking about, uh, it's it's just fascinating to see the things that he's taking in and looking at versus what um, some of the, his peers at his age are taking in and looking at. I mean, he just his his thoughts are more like somebody who's about forty and who's been playing out here a long time. Well, one final thought on that uh, Rory Jordan thing as we approach Quail Hollow. You know who has a pretty darn good track record at Quail Hollow, Jack? Yeah. That's Rory McIlroy. And so uh, Jordan trying to complete his career Grand Slam with the very next major tournament, Roy McIlroy with the with the wonderful Quail Hollow record. I'm, yeah. I'm, let's let's do it next week. <laughs> Why wait? Let's do it next week, Shaq. Yeah, it has gotten a lot more interesting because, uh, in fact, that's what uh, a writer. I, I know you're going to be shocked to hear this. Uh, had a cynical take uh, sitting there waiting for Jordan and looked at me in the press conference and uh, and said, uh, "Well, at least there's." Something to look forward to now at Quail Hollow, uh, and I said, "Yep, yeah, everybody's kind of <laughs> feeling that way." I don't know if there's, you know, after the open, it's just always hard to go to a place where it's going to be hot and and muggy and all that. And this kind of golf is just so much fun to everybody. So, anything else you want to get off your chest before we uh, call it a, a wrap on the 2017 Open? Let's not okay. forget to thank everybody for chiming in. We had an excellent out uh, turnout for the XR Steelhead. Three wood giveaway that um, we're oh, going to ta- yeah. tally up. We're going to tally that up, Shaq. I know you're still in the UK. I'll take a look tomorrow. We'll okay. announce the winner, or, or yeah, we'll, we'll come up with uh, a lot of folks had 145 as the cut line. Um, so I think there were like 15 to 20 different entries. I haven't seen how you know. I didn't do the math on you know how many guys actually made the cut um, and who had the right sort of combo of that. But thanks for all the great input on that. I can't wait to give away the. Red Hot XR Steelhead Fairway Wood. Uh, and I know you have another.
another uh, uh, observation from our good friends at Callaway to make as well. Well, we mentioned it on the Thursday pod, if people uh, did not hear that, uh, that we have to tell you about the latest Callaway Live and, of course, Callaway Live in general. It's uh, everybody's favorite internet golf talk show. And of course, now I have made, I don't know if they'll count it as a record third appearance house because I got pulled after six minutes, but it was a great reason and a fun reason. Um, Atlanta Falcons quarterback, Matt Ryan, uh, joined the show. He was backstage. He got a fitting that day up at the uh, Eli Callaway Performance Center. And then uh, because Harry Arnett the brilliant host of the show and a great supporter of the Shack House is the biggest Atlanta Falcons fan you can ever imagine. Uh, we They wanted to make it a surprise, and Jeff Newbarth made it a surprise. And so I got to be the one to say, hey, Harry, uh, I got a little something for you. And, of course, it's almost as fun watching Harry go, you know, we can edit all this out. It was painful for him. Uh, and then <laughs> there's Matt Ryan, class act. And total golf nut and so it's a great conversation of course harry has to do the relive the super bowl and all that and i was sitting there going okay harry come on chop chop let's get to the golf and he's a he's a golf nut and he's got some fascinating things to say about uh, everything related to the golf swing and his off season and going to north barrack and playing Lynx golf and um and all sorts of stuff like that so Matt Ryan, great show, and then they've got some. They've had some really good run uh, shows in this run lately, uh, and not just stars or jocks or whatever. They've had Jeff Yang, an angel investor, who really had some interesting things to say, and they've got some business guys, uh, Greg Maffei and uh, Terry McGurk, uh, CEO types, and uh, they've got Reggie Bush coming up. So all sorts of interesting guests, and you can just. Very easily search at Callaway Live. Uh, it'll pop up on YouTube, and it's great uh, great to have both to look at and also maybe to have in the background while you're working and you want to just have a nice conversation in the background. Anyway, so uh, it's live. It's unscripted. What could go wrong? Callaway Live. Check it out. Well, House, thank you so much for uh, your patience uh, in, in letting me uh, do these shows at Oddball Hours. You know this is my favorite tournament. I thank uh, Jim Cunningham, our producer, for coming in on a Sunday to do this so everybody could listen to this on Monday. I, I'm jazzed. I think this is uh, – I'm just excited for uh, – well, I'm excited for, for lovers of golf history and the Open Championship and to have uh, that kind of a finish and class acts at the top and different people and Hao Tung Lee and Cabrera Bayo and, I mean, the, all sorts of international players. I mean, this is what we love about – the open bringing all these uh, interesting characters together and these wacky links courses i'm just uh it's so fun when it all kind of comes together yeah well, I, we we well, on the very first uh, preview show we're talking about pedigree and experience and we were looking <laughs> at a bunch of old dudes at least i was little little did we know jordan speeth is ready to you know jump up and say hey i've got the pedigree and i've got the experience here i am and he, and he and he did it to us another outstanding uh, uh, you know, week with the Shack House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere.
Get tickets now.